Ah, hey everybody, and welcome back to the Call for Freedom podcast. Uh, It's great to be back with you guys. I am sitting in my hotel, like usual. I'm recording on a Sunday night, which is something I don't do very often. Um, But I had just come back from watching the Left Behind movie, the new one, um, The Rise of the Antichrist, which I thought was a very good movie. Um, It wasn't as expected but the, the message behind it is still really good. Um, it's about, it's really giving people a fair warning uh, about doubt, um, how the survivors in the tribulation still doubt, but there will be a remnant. The Bible says there will be a remnant, and God gives you that second chance. So um, I don't want to give any spoiler alerts, but it was a very good movie, and I hope you guys check it out. I I believe this was the last day to see it, but I'm sure it'll be out soon. Anyway, it really inspired me to get back here and hop on this podcast and continue our study in 1 Kings. And so we're going to dive right into it. Let's go. Elijah predicts a drought. Now Elijah, the Tishbite of Tishbe in Gilead, said to Ahab, As the Lord, the God of Israel, lives, before whom I stand, there shall be neither dew nor rain these years, except by my word. And the word of the Lord came to him, Depart from here, and turn eastward and hide yourself by the brook Cherith, which is east of the Jordan. You shall drink from the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord. He went and lived by the brook Cherith, that is east of the Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. And after a while the brook dried up, because there was no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow there to feed you. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate, Of the city, behold, a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, Bring me a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to bring it, he called her and said, Bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. And she said, As the Lord your God lives, I have nothing baked, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little oil in a jug. And now I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son, that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said to her, Do not fear. 
Go and do as you have said, but first make a little cake of it and bring it to me, and afterward make something for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, The jar of flour shall not be spent, and the jug of oil shall not be empty, until the day of the, that the Lord sends rain upon the earth. And she went and did as Elijah said. And she and her household ate for many days. The jar of flour was not spent, neither did the jug of oil become empty, according to the word of the Lord, that he spoke by Elijah. After this, the son of the woman, the mistress of the house, became ill, and his illness was so severe that there was no breath left in him. And she said to Elijah, What have you against me, O man of God? You have come to me to bring my sin to remembrance and to cause the death of my son. And he said to her, Give me your son. And he took him from her arms and carried him up into the upper chamber where he lodged and laid him on his own bed. And he cried to the Lord, O Lord my God, have you brought calamity even upon the widow with whom I sojourn by killing her son? Then he stretched himself upon the child three times and cried to the Lord, O Lord my God. Let this child's life come into him again. And the Lord listened to the voice of Elijah, and the life of the child came into him again, and he revived. And Elijah took the child and brought him down from the upper chamber into the house and delivered him to his mother. And Elijah said, See, your son lives. And the woman said to Elijah, now I know that you are a man of God, and that the word of the Lord in your mouth is truth. Now that concludes chapter 17. It wasn't very long, but we talk about how Elijah predicts the drought and how he raises the widow's son. But let's talk about a little bit of Elijah. This comes from gotquestions.org. Who was Elijah? Well, the prophet Elijah is one of the most interesting and colorful people in the Bible. And God used him during an important time in Israel's history to oppose a wicked king and bring revival to the land. Elijah's ministry marked the beginning of the end of Baal worship in Israel. Elijah's life was fulfilled with turmoil. At times he was bold and decisive, and at other times fearful and tentative. He alternately demonstrates victory and defeat, followed by recovery. Elijah knew both the power of God and the depths of depression. Elijah, a prophet of God whose name means, My God is the Lord came from Tishbeth in Gilead, but nothing is known of his family or birth. We first meet Elijah in 1 Kings 17, verse 1, which is what we just read, when he suddenly appears to challenge Ahab. 
an evil king who ruled the northern kingdom from 874 to 853 BC. Elijah prophesies a drought to come upon the whole land as a consequence for Ahab's evil. Warned by God, Elijah hides near the brook of Cherith where he is fed by ravens. As the drought and famine in the land deepen, Elijah meets a widow in neighboring country. Though her obedience to Elijah's request, God provides food enough for Elijah, the woman, and her son. Miraculously, the widow's barrel of flour and jar of oil never run out. The lesson for the believer, for us, is that if we walk in fellowship with the Lord and obey Him, we will open to His will. And we, when we are in God's will, He fulfills all our needs and His mercy to us. Never runs short. We next see Elijah as the central character in the face-off with the prophets of the false god and Baal at Mount Carmel, which we're not going to talk about just yet because we haven't gotten that far. That is in the next chapter in 1 Kings 18. But like usual, I'm going to read a devotional by Packinghouse. And of course, we're going to go back to verse 1. And Elijah the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, except by my word. God has his own way of getting our attention. Sometimes he does it in a quiet, still, small voice, and at other times with a loud roar. The Lord got Ahab's, king of the northern tribes, attention through the prophet Elijah, one of the most interesting characters in the Old Testament. The arrogant Ahab worshipped idols to Baal, the heathen god of nature. <laughs> it's funny that he says nature because... I don't know who, I don't know where you guys are on this whole climate thing and the way people worship the earth, but it's, it's insane. Um, we're starting to see now in certain cities where people are starting to erect statues of Baal, and they're also starting to erect statues of Molech, of child sacrifice. Um, for a pro-abortion stuff. It's, it's absolutely demonic what I'm seeing. But let's continue. He worshipped idols to Baal, the heathen god of nature, which his fathers had allowed in Israel. But now the living God was revealing himself as superior to their gods by holding back natural rain for the next several years. And once again, I have to stop because it's like, okay, I worship a God of nature, but yet the one true God is about to hold back one of the greatest natural resources we have, which is rain, which brings water, which brings life. It's amazing. God had also warned through Moses that if his children worshipped other gods, he would bring drought to the land. 
which was found in Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 17. The New Testament book of James tells us that this drought lasted three years and six months. James 5.17 Like all the supernatural events in the Bible, many people have trouble with this story. There are even some that say they believe in God, but have trouble believing He does supernatural miracles. We scratch our heads in wonder at those who hold these two ideas in conflict. If God never does supernatural things for His children, how could we know that He is God? If only natural things occur, then why even believe in God? But God does intervene in human events and interrupt the laws of nature. He does it most often in answer to prayer, as He did here for Elijah. A little girl was about to undergo a dangerous operation. Just before the surgeon administered the anesthetic, he said, Before we can make you well, we must put you to sleep. The girl responded, Oh, if you are going to put me to sleep, then I must say my prayers first. She closed her eyes and said, Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. And this I ask for in Jesus' name. Amen. The surgeon later admitted that he prayed that prayer that night for the first time in 30 years. How is our prayer life? Have we asked God anything? Thank you, Lord, for hearing my prayers and answering them. In Jesus' name, amen.